Okay, so this is the second one. Um, I do feel like talking like this to myself pretty much um, has helped me like organize my thoughts a little. And honestly, like I think just like having like the phone in front of me kind of also feels like I'm talking to you, Tyler, like over the phone, except um, it makes it a little easier knowing that like you'll listen to this after and that I'm really I you know I I don't know I guess I'm just like kind of like I guess it would be just like ranting like while you listen but like that's not really like how I want our conversations to go when like we're actually talking about like the things on my mind actively and so I guess for now until I get better with that this is how I will get my thoughts out to you and I know I mentioned like earlier this morning that I wanted to talk about my mental health and like my experience with it so that's what I'm gonna do um I think I'm just gonna go like pretty much chronologically but knowing me I'm gonna end up jumping around because I'll forget something and then want to come back to it so um brace yourself I guess um I think like growing up like through my younger childhood like obviously you know what was happening with like the sexual assault and like the bus elementary school but I think like the biggest part of like what I deem as like my mental health back then was just I like thinking back on it like reflecting on it I just cannot for the life of me figure out how it was that I reacted and acted like the person that I was back then even while this was going on because like obviously since I was like very little like I was very talkative like I was happy all the time happy-go-lucky like I was social outgoing like I I don't know I just like had a lot of energy I was bouncing off the walls and like I started talking really early in both Korean and English and I think part of the reason why my parents had decided to put me in like the dual language like the Spanish program was just because I don't know I like was talking a lot especially for like a kid that like age and so my parents just saw it as like a oh yeah like she's gonna be good with languages might as well like throw her a new one throw her another one but yeah and I'm I'm very thankful that like I got put in that program Because, like, obviously I had no control over it at that age, but, like, I think learning Spanish and, like, having that opportunity um, to, like, be in that environment helped me grow as a person a lot. Um, I don't even know what I was... No, I'll come back to... No, okay, I'll come back to the Spanish thing. Anyways, um, yeah, I was just, like, a very happy kid, and I continued to stay that way through all elementary school. And, like, I don't really remember a period when I was really, like, sad or depressed or, like, that I felt unhappy with a lot of my life. And I think, like, looking back at it now, the way I justify it in my head as the person I am now at 19 years old compared to when I was 6 or 7 is that my younger self had reacted that way in an effort to ignore what was happening and to act like it just wasn't happening and I think that might have just been easier for me to deal with than if I had to acknowledge the fact that like something was wrong and that I was uncomfortable and that someone was hurting me but you know like I think that's very much like what I come up with in reflection of what happened and it's not really like I wish I could go back and like ask myself what I was really thinking or what I really felt because at that age um you know I told you like the story of how I learned about like a period to begin with and like I feel like in that aspect I was also pretty late like a lot of my classmates knew what adolescence was what puberty was what periods were and things like that and I don't know like that just never came up in my house I guess like that's I think my parents stayed away from the topic of um puberty sex um safety that kind of thing 
for a long time, especially for me, like being their first child and a girl. But yeah, I didn't like if I hadn't even known about like puberty and like what period what a period was, what sex was. Um I can imagine that I was pr- probably very lost about what was happening to me cuz at that age like I don't even think I knew what the concept of sexual assault was. I don't think I knew what the concept of harassment or like unwanted touching was. All I knew was that something was happening to me that I felt like I couldn't stop and I was uncomfortable with it. But it's like I guess it's kind of similar to I know you felt it and like I felt it too but like growing up and feeling like I had so many problems with like my motivation my work ethic like my schoolwork like feeling like oh like I'm just lazy or like I'm incompetent and like it like feeling like something was wrong with me or feeling like I'm not like whole and I think like putting a name to it with like the anxiety, the ADHD, the depression, like, all those, like, putting a name to it helped, but at that age, I had kept it to myself, I didn't know what was going on, I didn't talk to anyone about it, and I just get very sad for my childhood self that I couldn't get myself to talk to anyone about it, because I feel like it could have helped me cope a little better at the time, and in the future too, and also, I don't know, possibly reach out for help if I had known what was happening and if I had known how serious it was and like, I don't know, even now, like, I have a hard time like looking, like thinking about what I had gone through then and considering it to be like a big thing or like a big deal and I know that like anyone I, like, Obviously, I don't go, like, anyone, if they had known, or if I told them, like, what happened, and you did this, you did this too, but you would tell me it's a big deal, and that it's okay to not be okay about it, and it's okay to be confused and hurt, and, like, I know at the back of my head that that's true, and that I'm probably not feeling or thinking a lot of things that I should be, or that are expected because of the fact that I just really couldn't even process at that age what was happening and yeah I just with the rate that sexual assault is increasing and you see so many like news stories and articles of sex offenders preying on like really really young kids I just like I guess I um I guess I just question sometimes whether it's it could be beneficial to teach about sexual assault and like safe touching and things like that like at a younger age because obviously like for a kid you want to shield them from like what's bad in the world and you don't want to um like you don't want to hurt them or like expose them to anything bad and um Okay, sorry, um, Emily texted, why am I saying sorry? Um, okay, anyways, I was interrupted and now I'm trying to think what I was talking about before, but, um, like the last thing I remember talking about was just, um, about teaching younger kids about, like, sexual assault and, like, safety about that. So if I already talked about that, I'm sorry, you're going to have to listen to it again. But um, yeah, I just, I think it's worth thinking about, like, whether it's a good idea or, like, it could be beneficial to kids and their families to, like, learn about this earlier. Because, like, like I mentioned, um, you want to protect kids, you want to shield them from bad things like this, and you don't want them to know about it until they really have to but like I feel like things like this where like a kid that age is vulnerable and they aren't always in the protection of a parent or an or an adult or like a guardian all the time and while it'd be best case scenario that they're always 
with someone that can protect them. Um, There are situations where that doesn't happen. It happened to me. And I think I would have benefited from knowing at least, like, something about, like, touching, like, inappropriate areas or, like, how that how it's okay to be uncomfortable with that and how that's wrong and that it should be talked about to or like to like a parent or like to a teacher or something but at the same time I mean that could just be me I feel like a lot of parents and probably teachers adults in the community would be against it just because you know you don't want to teach a little kid about that no little kid should have to know about that or go through it but yeah, um, moving on. Yeah, I was just I was just a very happy-go-lucky kid. I don't even like that word. I don't know why I keep saying it. I was just like a very energetic, like very fucking, um, too much, too much energy, too much, too rambunctious, um, kid. And I like retained that through most of elementary school until it came to a point where like, I was getting trouble, I was getting in trouble by my teachers a lot for, like, talking out of turn or, like, rushing through my work or, like, not paying careful attention or maybe, like, talking too much or too loud or too quickly and, like, yeah, like, it sucked to, like, get in trouble for things like that where, like, I felt like there was nothing wrong with what I was doing, like, it just felt like I was, you know, like, being existing like I was just talking at like the way I wanted to the talking as it was coming out of my brain I guess but as bad as it was with like the teachers I don't really think it like truly got to me until I started having like kids that I considered like my very close friends where they would be like oh like you're too loud like why are you so loud all the time why do you talk so much not everything is uh, is about you and like I think from a young age like it was pretty much drilled into me that like selflessness like that that's what you want to strive for like that's selflessness is good and I think like hearing a, a very close friend like I would have considered her my best friend back then tell me that like she felt irritated by like a part of our friendship because it um she felt like I was making a lot of things about myself like that caused a lot of insecurity just on just around like being careful about what I was saying being careful about how much I was talking trying to make sure that I wasn't like cutting anyone off and like I think like obviously those are very important social skills those are important interpersonal skills but like for like an eight nine-year-old to like have to try to regulate and monitor their thoughts like that and to have to I don't know like to have an insecurity built around the fact that I just talked the way I wanted to or talked about the things that were in my head um that definitely like looking back at it is pretty shitty I'm not gonna lie um Obviously, I think the benefit to that was the fact that um, I am pretty, like, I'm more reserved than I used to be in conversations, and I have a tendency to not want to talk about myself or to, like, shy away from making things about myself or to cut in in the middle of, like, when someone else is talking, just because um, I think I'm scared of having that told to me again that like someone feels like their thoughts and their emotions aren't being validated enough or they aren't being listened to because I'm talking like too much about myself or like I'm making about myself so yeah I mean I guess there is that benefit but also I wish I just wish a lot of things in my childhood I had gone and asked for help about them because I wish someone had told me that it's also okay to prioritize myself and to like want to talk about myself and be vulnerable when I felt like when I felt the need to do so because 
I think like because of the fact that it was so drilled into me that like being selfish in any form or capacity is so bad that like it's hard for me to do things for myself or to like ask for help when I need them just because of the fear that maybe someone else doesn't really need to be hearing my shit but yeah um that coupled with um just generally like I fought with my brother a lot back then um my parents were hitting us my dad not so much like my mom was definitely hitting us um yeah I got in trouble a lot at home too and then at the time it hadn't affected me as deeply as it should have obviously but like the majority of the racist comments and like the racist insults that I've received in my life happened during the span of like my elementary school years and into sixth grade and um obviously I was hurt about the people who were supposed to be my friends um discriminating against me or like making songs about me being the only Asian um in like the friend group or just you know like things that as a kid especially as a kid of a minority you're told to brush off and laugh at because that's just what kids do and that's that's just kids having fun but I think kids should be taught that like there are boundaries to what can be poked fun at and what is considered fun and what is hurtful and especially just the fact that like most of my peers peers most of my friends like back then um that were doing this kind of thing were minorities like a lot of the most of the kids that I knew or that I went was in class with were Hispanic because I was in that like Spanish side and there were like maybe a couple couple dozen um white kids here and there and then very very few Asian kids but yeah it was just I think reflecting on that today um makes me question a lot about the equality and the justice stuff going on and becoming more prominent in society with Asians, black people, etc. But anyways, moving on. Um, I think my mental health really started plummeting um, probably like freshman year. I'd say 7th and 8th grade weren't bad. Like, I had moved to a new school, and I made friends pretty easily, and they were really good friends. They were, like, really good people. It was, like, you know, like, Meg, Rafika, like, that big, pretty much all Woodlawn friend group that, like, I was in, kind of in, throughout high school, too. And, like, they were, I would say, I would say most of them, or the ones that I was close to at least, are very good people, and they're good friends, and I think that made moving a lot easier because as much as I was excited to be in a new place and stuff like that there's obviously a fear that comes with like losing all your friends and stuff like that um but yeah 7th and 8th grade weren't bad I think the only things that like I really dealt with was just other people's mental health issues and also just you know I was um sexually assaulted again But, um, yeah, just, like, with all the sexual assault, it's just not something I really bothered to process or, like, think about. Sorry, water. Until a lot later in my life after it had happened. So, um, just, yeah, that, that part hadn't really, like, affected me, even though it happened. And then in terms of, like, dealing with other people's mental health like um you know I pride I pride myself in the fact that like a lot of people come to me for help and that they can trust me with their issues and stuff like that and especially back then like I felt like I don't know I felt happy to be helping like all these people and like being able to be the shoulder to cry on or whatever but it was also obviously like opening me up to a lot of, like, mental health things that, like, maybe I wasn't as exposed to at that point, 
or that, um, you know, just in general, like, people say, like, being a therapist is hard because all those, like, problems overcome you, and I'm not saying that I was anywhere near a therapist, but, like, as a 7th grader, 7th, 8th grader, dealing with issues, like, um, one of my friends, she was my, she was definitely my best friend at the time, um, she had an eating disorder, she tried to kill herself, I actually stopped her from killing herself over the phone, and that was, I mean, as much as I'm happy that I was there to help, it was obviously slightly traumatic, um, she ended up going into, like, inpatient hospitalization, like, that was, like, a whole can of worms that, like, I hadn't been exposed to before, which, like, is dumb. I should have learned a lot more about mental health at, a, like, a lot earlier, but, you know, it's just not something that you talk about at home, and I think schools do a shitty job of teaching it, too. But anyways, yeah, like, I think, like, just going on with that, and, like, a lot of my friends were going through a lot of anxiety, um, just, like, depressive episodes here and there, and I think, like, going through puberty at that age, like, elevated a lot of things, like, hormones and just, like, mood swings and stuff like that, and at the time, like, it had felt like a lot of my friends were just dying, like, dying away, like, they were all just, like, so so down and um looking back at it now I'm pretty sure they would agree that it was definitely just the puberty but um yeah it was it was definitely a little more on my plate than um I should have been dealing with I guess and yeah and I think that leads into high school freshman year when I was it's just sad to think about. Um, I was, like, a pretty confident kid, like, most most of my life. Um, even freshman year, which is when the eating disorder started. So the eating disorder, for me, I would say, like, the thoughts started probably second semester freshman year. And then the actions of, like, actually engaging in eating disorder behavior started immediately, like, as soon as summer started. But, um, just sad for me to think about because I remember, like, standing in the shower and, like, looking at my body. And, like, I never thought, like, wow, like, I feel like I'm too fat or, like, I don't like the way my body looks. All I had thought at that point was, you know, like, I, like, I know, because I was, like, really athletic back then, too. Like, I was doing a lot of sports. Like, I was just doing a lot of things. I was active. And so, like... I had the body of, like, a growing girl who was, like, involved in sports and stuff like that. Like, I was definitely, I, you know, I didn't have, like, the same curves or anything or, um, yeah, I don't know. I wasn't, like, stick thin. I wasn't fat, but, like, I would say, like, I, like, you know, yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, I, like, never really disliked my body or anything like that. It had all just started with feeling like oh like I could do better and that had just spiraled so quickly into I'm not thin enough I'm not thin enough I'm not thin enough I have to eat less I have to exercise more and that's really what like kickstarted a lot of my mental health I think because going through that and like I became so much more conscious of my body and like what it looked like that um with the eating disorder, um, I, like, got to a point where I was starving myself every day, working out two hours a day, two to three hours a day, every single day of every week, and on top of that, I was, like, trying to hide this from my parents, I was trying to hide it from my mom's parents who were visiting from Korea at the time, and, like, the lack of energy and just, like, the lack of nutrition and fuel I had made me really snappy and I know I've talked to you about this before but like I just regret a lot about like having started with the eating disorder at all because I think I don't really I was not really given many chances to 
connect with my grandparents on my mom's side or like to talk to them like the most we had done was like talk over the phone until I visited them once in third grade and then they came once freshman summer of freshman year and I just feel like I wasted a lot and like I could have made that experience a lot better for both me and my grandparents and I didn't and I couldn't because I was so preoccupied with my body and like my self-image and that's that's really regrettable to me um this is definitely like being more conscious of my body and like being so hyper aware of like every single flaw every single insecurity um that's definitely what led to like the reflection of like the sexual assault and stuff like that's when I really started thinking about it and realizing that like that wasn't right like that's something that shouldn't have happened but at the same time because I was so I was in such a shitty place with like my image of myself I had blamed myself and I had said like maybe it's because of me like maybe it's because of the way my body looked maybe it's because I did something that made me their target and like for a long time it was just hard to even think about it because I felt like maybe I had encouraged it or instigated it in some way shape or form and it felt like I didn't deserve the help because I thought it was my fault which is so completely false and yeah I just like throughout the whole the entirety of like looking back on this I think um my biggest like conclusion is that I just feel so sorry for myself and like how I treated myself the thing is I still treat myself like such shit and I'm aware of it and I know I'm gonna look back in a couple years and be like why did I do that to myself but like it feels I don't know it feels like I'm not at a place where like I can feasibly fix that without like having a mental breakdown or some shit like that I don't know but um yeah going on sophomore year this was definitely when my eating disorder was at its worst um, I dipped below 100 pounds a couple times, um, this is when I lost a lot of my hair, and this is when my parents started noticing, like, the symptoms too, it was, like, late sophomore year into the summer, um, losing hair, I had started off, like, with, like, anorexic behavior, where I was just starving myself and, like, exercising a lot, but it had gotten into binging and purging by then and um yeah and it was to the point where I was at winter retreat with my church and I couldn't eat a single meal there without going to the bathroom to throw up and making sure that no one else was in there or like asking if there was a private bathroom or going to the bathroom at a time when I knew everyone was going to be in one place and I could be alone and I was doing it at like friends houses after eating dinner or like you know like at sleepovers you like eat snacks and stuff and like you have you have fun like that that's what that's what high school sleepovers are supposed to be like you do you eat a you eat a lot you like watch movies whatever you do dumb shit but like my mind was so consumed with not having those calories in me and not having that food in me where it it had gotten to the point where like I was throwing up while my friends were trying to go to sleep and like it hurts me the most that I think like the most memorable experience that I can think of of like memorable is a terrible word it's like the most prominent memory I have of me doing this at like friends was at Joanne's and I know how hurt Joanne was when I ended up telling her that I had an issue with this and that I was struggling and she was just so hurt that um she had been so close to me and she'd never left my side and still didn't know about any of this and that I felt like I couldn't talk to her and yeah it's just it's just really shitty to think about yeah Um, that was definitely the lowest point of my eating disorder, um, 
send you pictures if you want, but like my legs literally looked emaciated. Um, my skin was red all the time, just like permanently. It, my skin was terrible too, because like of all the throwing up I was doing, like I was breaking out everywhere, I had texture everywhere. My hair was falling out, it was thin, it was frizzy. Um, my body was just bad. Um, I was bloated and I was puffy all the time because of how much I was throwing up. And yeah, it's just, it was so hard to feel happy at that time. And yet I still really just ignored it, I guess. And then going into junior year, I think junior year was when my parents found out. My mom confronted me about it. And that was a really, really hard period for me. Um, it felt like it felt like my life was ending. It felt like because my parents had found out about this, like it was just I was everything was over because I think like I also wanted to bring this up to begin with, but like minorities and mental health is so bad. It's just I don't understand how mental health or why mental health isn't taken seriously or isn't like more talked about in asian communities and asian households when the thing is like mental health is obviously very very bad in um the home asian like the home countries of a lot of asian people like korea has one of the worst teen suicide rates and it's because of school and my mom's aware of this my dad's aware of this but they're so they shy away so much from talking about mental health and like taking those issues seriously that like when my parents found out it felt like it was over like I couldn't help myself and like once my parents knew that became a real thing to me like at least if I was the only one who knew about my eating disorder and like the issues I was going through it was only really real to me and like I was the only one experiencing it but now that my parents knew about it it felt like it had come out into the world and it had come out to a place where I couldn't get help from it. And I was right. Um, my parents definitely went the wrong way about it. My mom got really mad at me. She wouldn't talk to me. She grilled me on why I even started or, like, why I didn't like myself. And she was like, how could you not like yourself? Like, how could you look at yourself and not appreciate what you see in the mirror? And it was just met with a lot of anger. And my dad obviously didn't say much about it to me directly, I think he's never really the type to, like, have those conversations with me up front, but it's more that, like, I know what he's thinking and what his reaction was because of what my mom told me he was talking about with her. And they were very much on board with just throwing me into a hospital, um, getting me into inpatient treatment, and I don't know if you know anything about inpatient treatment, but it's, it's terrible. Um... I've, I don't really see it working for a lot of people that I know have gone through it, and obviously I would have really benefited from having a therapist at that point, from having someone to talk to, and from getting professional help, but I was at a point mentally where, like, I couldn't handle that. Like, the idea of getting professional help made the issue too big to me, and I just didn't want to do it. And so junior year, because of the fact that, like, my mom had handled the situation by taking the door off my bathroom or like not letting me stay in the bathroom for longer than 10 minutes or like always keeping an eye on me like while I'm eating and stuff. I definitely was eating more regularly. I felt like absolute shit all the time. But you know, like I had more energy. My hair was starting to grow back like a tiny bit. Um, I was starting to look better like in terms of not looking emaciated anymore but I could tell that to me I was gaining a lot of weight and coming back from an eating disorder that weight distribution when you're recovering and when you're getting the calories it's like a stark contrast to your body from what it's used to and like having that surplus of calories when your met when your metabolism is already slow so slowed down from the eating disorder it makes you gain weight really fast in what a lot of people would call like undesirable areas so like I was gaining the weight really quickly in my face my stomach my thighs my arms and like I could see it obviously and I think that made me spiral back into it 
more because um yeah after probably like turnabout of junior year like I had like saw the pictures of myself and like I was just so unhappy with the way I looked that like and I was so comfortable with like the eating disorder and like what it did for me that like I fell right back into it and I couldn't get myself out again I guess um yeah and through junior year I was severely depressed too I contemplated killing myself a lot um yeah it was just I just like I think about it now and like I don't know what I thought I was going through that was so bad that I couldn't just give myself a chance or like give life a chance and I'm so glad that whatever it was um stopped me from doing anything dumb because I've really gotten to a point where I'm so much happier now and obviously I'm not all okay I'm not completely better but I'm in a place that's so much better than where I was and I think if I could go back and tell myself okay oh my god Sean called but anyways um I again don't remember what I was talking about even though it was literally 10 seconds ago that I stopped talking um oh I remember um if I could go back and just see myself from it was only like two years ago I would just give myself a hug and tell myself that it's not going to get better immediately and it's not going to get better exponentially. I'm not going to be perfect, but all I had to do was wait two years and I could start seeing hope for my future and hope for being okay. And yeah. And I think going through a lot with school, and I think like junior year was when I really realized how much I struggled with school because I just never had an experience where I had to sit down and do work or like study. And like the majority of like the work I was doing was quick homework. Like I would just do it before class or like I would do it like three in the morning, do it in 10 minutes and be done. Like it was never something where I had to like prolong myself sit down and do and I to this day question how I did so well academically throughout high school only to come to a point where I'm so bad with just attention and motivation um and I wish like, as as grateful as I am that, like, I was able to get through a lot of school with no issues, I do wish I had struggled a little earlier to, like, enough to make me at least wonder, like, what's wrong with me? Like, what what can I do to help myself? And I think that maybe if I had really sat down and considered anxiety or ADHD, and, like, obviously, like, when I first learned of ADHD, I had the consideration that like maybe I might have it but like it's something that like was so foreign to me like growing up in my family growing up in my household that like I was like there's no way I have ADHD like there's no way that's even going to be taken seriously or addressed in my house and I just wish I had gotten to a point where like I needed that help enough to reach out for help but yeah um that definitely wasn't helping my self-esteem any um I felt like I was just not capable of doing that well in classes it was it was really Amstead it was just really Amstead um and also calc was really bad that year that was the yeah that was a really bad year in math for me um but yeah in general it just like I knew the peers that were around me. I knew what my classmates were capable of and, like, I could see how accomplished they were. And, like, yeah, like, I still think a lot of them are shitty people and a lot of them are 
really dumb in other aspects, but at the same time, you have to acknowledge the fact that these kids do accomplish a lot academically, and they do a lot for themselves in their lives. And at the time, it was harder for me to also realize that, like, they aren't what I should be striving to be because they aren't, like, the best people or whatever. All I could think about, because my self-esteem was already so low, was just, why aren't I more like them? Like, what sets me apart that I can't work as hard as them, that I can't get the same results, or that I'm not doing as well as them? And it was just very tunnel-minded because I would focus on the one thing that like I wasn't doing well in or that I couldn't really do well and just completely block out and ignore all the other things that I should have been proud of myself at that point. And I look back at it and I try to be proud of myself now, but I know I didn't feel that way back then. And that's what made it so much harder for me to think that I was worth anything, to think that my life was going to amount to anything. And I think going into senior year, um, that depression definitely carried over. Um, You became a lot bigger in my life through senior year, obviously. Um, It sucks to say it, but I think you were also, you know this, but you were also a really big part of the issues I was having. Um... I don't know, it's just I I cared for you a lot. Like, obviously not to the extent that I do today, but it was the most I had known to care about for anyone at the time. Today has just surpassed that. But at the time, the amount I felt for you and cared for you was more than I had experienced before with anyone. And just feeling like I wasn't worth committing to I guess or that um, feeling like I wasn't enough for you to just for you to be happy with like I felt I questioned what was wrong with me that like what set me so apart from other people that like I, I don't know Um, yeah, it's just, I don't know, I felt very lost on what to do because I didn't want to let go of, I didn't want to let go of you just because you clearly meant a lot to me with the amount that you were able to affect me and make me feel and that's not something I wanted to let go because as scary as it was, that you had a lot of power to hurt me you also made me really happy in the good moments and unfortunately there were the bad parts and I know that I made you suffer a lot too and I I think like of all the issues I was having during this time and throughout high school this is probably one that I regret the least just because I think I learned a lot about myself and I learned more about you and I think it set us up to be better for each other today but yeah going back to chronology since I did say I was gonna stick to that um yeah senior year was definitely really hard for me um for a lot of reasons um you had told me you loved me and then you told me it again in March as if you hadn't felt that way before and I think that had confused me a lot just because I had told you that I loved you too the first time that you told it to me and my feelings hadn't changed like they only got stronger which is so cheesy to say but um it was confusing to me that like you said it again as if it was like the first time you were saying it and even 
this is back when you were close to Kimmy, but Kimmy had texted me, and they were like, ooh, like someone's in love, like someone confessed that they're feeling the big L word or whatever, and it was just like, what did it mean to you the first time you said it if this was your real confession or like your real admittance to like your feelings for me and you know um I was confused but I was happy because I was desperately trying to hold on to you and I wanted you to be a part of my life and it made me happy that I was that at the time I felt important enough to you tell me that you loved me and to be vulnerable in that way um I think that's also part of why the whole situation with Avery was such a shock to me um I know like we never really talk about that and I don't want to bring it up outside of this again if you have questions about it or want to talk about it after listening to this I'm fine with doing that but like it's one conversation and I don't really want to bring it up again for both of our sakes um I really didn't know how to feel at that point because it was something I saw coming like since the day you had matched with Avery or like met her and you started talking to her I could tell that she was different from your normal matches where it was a couple texts and then you know you didn't talk anymore um I was just so blinded by how much I wanted you in my life that like I was willing to like be okay with these things and I even tried to like participate in them too like I was on tinder while you were on tinder too but it was just like tinder for me was literally just like the discord shit that we did where it was just me insulting guys like even if I gave a guy like my contact information it was never more than like my snapchat and that would last maybe two snaps and like I ended up removing them or blocking them just because like it felt like a waste of time to me like I was just never that invested in it in that stuff because of you know I like I was pretty preoccupied with you and so I think um I had forced myself to be okay with seeing you go after other girls and calling them pretty or like you know like just things and it took a toll on me just because I was like what am I doing this for like is it really worth like I I felt disrespected like I felt like I wasn't being treated as I should but at the same time I wasn't saying anything about it I wasn't telling you how it was hurting me or how it was affecting me and so a large part of it was on me because I wasn't communicating but that also didn't change the fact or like that didn't change how I felt about it and that was why Avery was just confusing to me because it was a feeling I had gotten used to over multiple months because I had you had been doing this like we we had been on tinder for like from for a lot longer than like the everything came up and I mean it like hurt a lot more in the beginning but like after after some point it was just like oh like yeah it's just something that's there it's just something that's going to happen and I have to be okay with it and I think because of that finding out about Avery was didn't feel as big of a betrayal I guess like I had gotten to a point where that was normal I guess or that was something that I had accepted to be part of the relationship that we had um but yeah obviously even feeling this way it didn't hurt it didn't stop me from being hurt over the fact that you know I don't really think I need to explain that but yeah um I got over that pretty quickly um Avery's like a great person I honestly she's like you know like it was 
good getting to know her, like, at the time, I guess. Um, she was really nice about it and everything, so that was cool. Made it easier, I guess, than if she had been trying to cover it or hide it and stuff. So, like, at least, at least she picked a good, a good person. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, that was something I got over pretty quickly and, like, Obviously, like, before I had agreed to dating you officially, like, when you had told me about your feelings, like, first semester of college, um, it came up in my thoughts, like, I was considering maybe he's going to tell me all this and say that he's going to be committed and that he's ready to be just with me, um, when, like, I, I, had the thought that like you were telling me all these things and then you were gonna go back and do the same thing where like I wouldn't know or like I would find out late or you know I personally think it was a valid enough fear because it was something that hurt me back then um but I also at the same time could see how genuine you were being which is why like the thought never lasted and it's not something I was genuinely too concerned about just you were obviously you seem genuine because you were genuine and what you were saying meant a lot to me it was just hard for me at that point to come around especially because over the summer after soft after our senior year um I was at a point where like my my mentality was just fuck it like nothing matters anymore like nothing nothing matters and coming out of that mindset like as damaging as that mentality is I also experienced it to be really freeing to like not have to worry about so many things and to just do things as they came and obviously I wasn't handling that the right way but you know it was an experience um I think coming out of that mentality and getting myself to care again about myself, about other people, that definitely started with you coming back into my life and I guess shaking me from my reality and like making me realize that I was hurting myself or that I didn't know really what I was doing. Oh, I forgot. Um, Yeah, I caught myself sophomore year I mean not fucking sophomore year senior year so yeah that happened um I don't know if I've ever explained it to you but like the cutting was really just because I was so numb like it had happened just in general like if I was upset over you or if I I'm sorry if I was supposed to be upset over you if I was supposed to be upset over like the Jacob and Sunny and Matthew situation it was like I could feel the logic of that pain but I wasn't emotionally feeling anything because I had just tuned out and turned myself off from everything and cutting felt like physical pain that I could feel and I was just so desperate to feel something that I had resorted to that but yeah it hasn't happened again and it won't happen again I promise and I If I ever get to that point where I feel the need to, I will talk to you, I promise. But yeah, going into senior year, I mean, fucking senior, I'm going into college, um, my mental health was definitely still at a low. Um, I was just so, so scared to let you in. Um, and I know I told you that I had lost feelings and everything and I think I did lose feelings over the summer and stuff in the fact that I had turned myself off to everything but had I really sat there and let myself process I don't think I really would have gotten over you and that those feelings wouldn't have been gone which is why like the second I started letting you in again like I felt those feelings again because I swear to God, if you say anything about you being right or Nikki being right or you try to rub it in my face, I will punch you. But you are right. 
I definitely still had those feelings and it was just a matter of getting myself to let myself feel again to not push everything out as a defense mechanism but yeah um I'm gonna talk about you more specifically and everything I feel about you and everything I went through with you in a different podcast because I already made this one over 30 minutes but yeah um I guess like the biggest thing because I know I have the hardest time talking to you about my um eating disorder um yeah I feel like I do um stay pretty open about like anxiety and depression and stuff like that but like the eating disorder is so touchy for me in terms of like insecurity and self-image that like it just the reason why I have a such I have such a hard time bringing it up with you or talking about it to you candidly is because I feel embarrassed like I know you have I know lots of people in my life have an image of me being strong I guess um I feel like I like I feel like I try to exude confidence like the whole fake it till you make it kind of thing and it's just it feels embarrassing and humiliating for me to admit that that's not true and I know it has to happen because creating that divide between what I'm portraying and what I'm really feeling and making that too rigid is going to be bad for me like I know I know it's gonna fuck me over and so I'm trying really hard to be more open about even the shit that I'm embarrassed to tell you but um I'm just gonna quickly go through some of the things that I deal with with my eating disorder that like maybe I don't tell you about as much um I am very very good I have gotten very good at hiding um when I throw up and stuff like that um it's I feel like it's easy for me to just kind of like get it done get out with like no one noticing and stuff like that and that's embarrassing because it tells how much I've been doing it um the reason a lot of times I feel the need to throw up is usually um physically like when I feel too full or like it's just if I'm like stressed and I eat like mindlessly and like even if it was just a couple hundred calories worth of like something a food that I deem unhealthy like that that's enough to tip me over the edge at this point and um it's just so scary to me because purging like that and doing it as often as I do um I don't know if I've told you this before but I used to purge like two to three times a day every day and obviously it's gotten a lot better since then um it's definitely not as frequent it's maybe once a week at most but there's also still weeks that I go where it's like I'll purge maybe three times that week and it feels like a setback but I have to remind myself that it's a hell of a lot better than where I was at before but anyways um purging is just so scary because it's it's just it's a feeling of comfort to me at this point it's just the absolute discomfort I feel when I eat too much when I binge on food with the intention of throwing up I'll eat until like I literally can barely breathe and then I'll throw up and it's comforting to like feel my body empty of that and that's so perverted that is so disgusting to me but I find a hard time changing my mindset around it to a point where like I look at it and I'm like I don't want to do it anymore like it's terrifying even though I know it is because it's made me lose my hair it's made my skin terrible um it's left scars on my hands that have taken years now to disappear and they're only finally going away um my teeth my teeth are definitely rotting and I wouldn't be surprised that they fell out in like a decade or so 
um, just a lot of things physically that throwing up that often is terrible for. And a lot of the times I can feel the damage that like all that acidity is doing to like my body. Um, I have a hard time like swallowing a lot of things and I have a hard time eating or drinking anything that's even like remotely acidic um just because it's not really like heartburn or acid reflux or anything it's just like a slight tinge of discomfort going down because I know the acid is like wearing away at the lining of my esophagus and like all the all the digestive organs in there and on top of that it's like eating so little um fucks your metabolism like it just fucks your entire body you aren't sleeping enough you aren't doing anything enough um i wouldn't be surprised if my metabolism that's supposed to be burning 2000 calories like two maybe 1200 1200 to 1600 calories a day just from doing nothing is probably burning maybe 100 because my body has to desperately clutch onto anything it can and that's i don't know why i keep letting myself do this why I keep throwing up and like hurting myself and not eating enough knowing that it makes my recovery even harder because my metabolism will continue to go down and once I do start to recover it's gonna hit me a lot worse in terms of gaining weight really quickly or feeling really bloated because my metabolism will be at an even lower point where it can't digest that stuff as quickly and it won't burn those calories as quickly and yeah just in general throwing up is something that should something that like logically disgusts me like it is terrible for me to think about but in the moment it's like an addiction it's comforting it's relief and that makes me sad to have to admit um in terms of like what i see of myself and my body um it fluctuates a lot like I look at myself and like there's a lot of things that I can pick out that I don't really like like there's aspects of my face that I don't like like I don't like looking at myself without makeup like I don't think I look pretty enough um I don't think I look good when I've eaten a meal or I've drank too much water or like I have just anything in my body because I won't be I'll be very bloated just from the fact that I had eaten even the smallest thing because that's just how my body processes food now and just in general like I don't know like I try to limit like what I see on social media or like just in general like things I see of girls that I, I, I consider really pretty or like that have bodies that I want and like I try to limit that just to make it so that at least that isn't a factor like affecting me but you know it's hard to have an ideal in my head because I want to be thin I want to be toned and I also want to have curves and that's just not where I am right now and it's not where I'm going to get if I can't get better and that should scare me enough into getting better but I just can't and it's sad because this is like the one body I get you know like I should be treating it better and it does a lot for me obviously in terms of protection and just you know it's resilient it goes through a lot and like it still ends up okay yet um I still treat it so badly and I don't know I just treat everything in my life and like especially the people with like so much care and they're so they're so so precious to me especially you and yet I don't understand why I can't do the same for myself um I totally backtracked um I was talking about my body but yeah anyways like I have those insecurities and like that makes up a lot of my image of myself but also there are times where like I'll do my makeup my hair and I'll look I'll I'll get dressed and like I'll look at myself and I'll think like oh like I look I look pretty like I look good or like I'll 
like maybe I haven't eaten in a couple hours and like I'm really not bloated at all and like I'll look at my body in the mirror and think like wow like I do I look skinny or like I look like I look good and I just wish that I didn't only think that about myself when I had makeup on or when I was dressed up um or when I hadn't eaten like I wish I felt like I felt that way about myself when I'm completely barefaced and natural and fueled like having food in my body is supposed to be a good thing and yet I can't see it as good because I don't like what I see in the mirror when that happens but yeah um I do feel like um there's a lot that I haven't said or that I'm not saying but again this section alone is now 30 minutes and I know the other ones were like 15 to 20 minutes each this one's definitely a lot longer than I intended it to be but yeah um yeah I just there's a lot of instances where I feel really dejected and incapable of helping myself even though the people around me who know that I'm struggling put so much effort into trying to help me and especially you and yeah I just think it's hard um yeah I think I will stop it here now